0: The views and opinions expressed on this show are those of the sponsor,
1: Gross & Schuster. News Radio 92.3, Pensacola's expert panel. Uh, My guest this morning is Terrence A. Gross. Go to grossandschuster.com or give them a call, 850-434-3333. And we'll have him on the phone this morning. Uh, Mr. Gross, are you with us?
0: Yes, I am.
1: All right. Thank you for being on the show today. How are you, sir?
0: Good. Glad to be here. And uh, most of the listeners know that I've been a a personal injury lawyer for 44 years. We do have five offices throughout the panhandle of Pensacola, Milton, Crestview, Fort Walton, and Navarre. My three law partners are also my three sons, and we represent people on a contingency basis for only personal injury-type cases, primarily car wrecks, but we do look at slip falls and dog bites as well. Um, I want to get back to personal injury talk because I've been talking about the constitutional amendments lately, but I thought I'd get back to what we do for a living. And, um, you know, a lot of times people come in, and at the first appointment we'll sit down and we'll have like a 45-minute chit-chat, maybe an hour, and at the very end, some people, not all, but some want to ask me, what is my case worth? And I kind of just want to laugh at them. I don't laugh, but I say, there's no way of telling And They're saying, but you're an experienced lawyer. you have be doing this all this time. And I just tell them there's too many variables, too many things that affect the valuation of these cases. And, and then I start describing to them, Three constant variables in every personal injury case. The only way to look at a personal injury case is to break it down into three individual parts. Liability, who's at fault, insurance coverage, how much coverage is there from the at-fault vehicle, from your family's vehicle, and so forth. And it, of course, damages. What are the damages? What is the treatment? Is it going to be lifelong? Do you need surgery? So when we look at liability, sometimes we can figure that out at the first appointment. I mean, if you get rear-ended while you stopped at a red light, there's not a whole lot to talk about. Right. But sometimes, let's say, for instance, um, you're going down, let's say, up 29, and let's say at 20... at this, part of 29 the speed limit is 45 let's say you're going 60 a lot of people go 60 it's speeding it's not the worst thing in the world but a lot of people do it and let's say there's a car in the median that pulls out in front of you well they shouldn't have pulled out in front of you you did have the right of way but if that case went to trial the jury could say you know what that guy shouldn't have pulled out in front of you but had you been going the speed limit maybe you could have avoided the collision altogether Maybe the collision wouldn't have been as bad as it was, and you would not be as hurt as you were had you been going the speed limit, and the jury could find you 25% at fault. If the jury finds you 25% at fault, the judge will only give you 75% of your damages. It's called comparative negligence. So if the plaintiff or the injured party is 25% at fault, they get 75% of their damages. So you have to look at that. If you're not wearing your seatbelt, what if the same scenario, except this time you're going 45. You're going 45 and a 45. Some joker pulls out in front of you, and you T-bone him. It's totally his fault, but you're not wearing a seatbelt. Your knees are slammed into the dash, and you end up with knee surgery. Well, an argument could be made that, hey, you've been wearing your seatbelt, your knee shouldn't have slammed into the dash. The seatbelt would have prevented that. And the jury could find that maybe 50% of your knee injuries would never have occurred had you been wearing a seatbelt. And once again, the judge would take away 50% of your verdict or judgment. Wow. So that's comparative negligence. So that's something a lawyer has to look at. And the, you maybe sometimes that at the first appointment, I know the answer, because if you get rear-ended at a red light, you've been stopped for 30 seconds, and some girl texting rear-ends you, and you're wearing your seatbelt, well, of course, there's no liability to, to be worried about. Then the next issue is insurance coverage, and many times we don't know all the answers at the first appointment. How much insurance did the defendant driving, the driver, have? Was the Defendant driver driving somebody else's vehicle. There could be a hidden policy. Was the defendant driver in the scope of employment? Was he running an errand for his boss where there could be a whole different uh, insurance policy and probably a big limit? We don't know at the first appointment normally, and only time will tell. How much coverage do you have in your household? I always ask people to bring in their insurance policies. Uh, with them so I could review them. Do you have uninsured motorists? Do you have stacking uninsured motorists, which means if you have five vehicles in your household, you could use all five policies with stacking uninsured motorists, even though only one of the five were actually in the accident. Do you live with a mother-in-law? Does your mother-in-law have an insurance policy with uninsured motorist coverage with a different company? It would apply. Since 1971, the Supreme Court spoke loud and clear and said if you live with any resident relative, you could use their coverage if they have stacking uninsured motorists. They said you don't have to be in the policy. You know, you know, it could be the car could be titled solely in their name. But if I could prove that you are the resident relative by blood or marriage, then you could use that policy. So, you know, people are, are just befuddled by that, but that's right. the law. Mm-hmm. And then the more complicated area that that is really hard to figure out in most cases is what are the injuries? Now, if a person's – if it's a wrongful death case, well, okay, you already know. I mean, they're, they're dead. that most – only about 1% of the cases involve death cases. Um uh, and only probably 10% of the cases involve broken bones. So, really, about 90% of all car wrecks result in some form of whiplash. But the word whiplash is it's just a broad label. I mean, if you call me a white male, if that is true. I am a white male, but that doesn't tell you a whole lot about me. Right. Uh, so, just the word whiplash in and of itself. You could have a minor whiplash. Maybe you saw a chiropractor six times and got totally better. That would be a very, very small claim. And, but meanwhile, you could have a whiplash and you go through the chiropractor. That doesn't work. Then you get an MRI, it's already in a disc. Then you go to a pain doctor, you try injections. That doesn't work. Then you see a neurosurgeon. And then ultimately you have surgery. Well, that's a monster case if there's... there's um, coverage because obviously if some doctor is going to open up your spine and put plates and screws in there, I mean, there's no jury that's not going to award you hundreds of thousands of dollars for something like that. So uh, you don't know that. So a lot of times most people come in and, and I'm seeing these people two, three, four, seven days after a wreck on a free consultation basis And their neck and back hurt, that's all they know. They haven't had an MRI. Uh, They've probably been to the ER. Uh, They may have seen their family doctor. They may have gone to a chiropractor. But, you know, uh, only time will tell. But, but again, I'm finding that about 10% of my so-called whiplashes end up with some form of spinal surgery. Mm. And spinal surgery is is a very big deal. Um, uh, and and it, it's painful. It's expensive. The average spinal surgery costs over $100,000. By the time you put in the uh, the hospital fees, the doctor's fees, anesthesiology, and, and all that, you're, you're over $100,000 for that surgery. So um, I don't know this at the first appointment. Right. Some, some people tend to get better at times. Some get worse.
1: I do have a text question real quick uh, from a listener. If you have questions before we run out of time today, 437-1620. Uh, my guest is Terrence A. Gross. Uh, how do I go about getting video surveillance from a business that may have captured my accident on camera?
0: Right, Go right up to that. We do it all the time. Yeah. We do it all the time. The best thing is on foot and ask them. And most are very, very cooperative. Uh, and you got to go very quickly because of the surveillance, uh, most entities just have one tape. that They're not changing tapes. and out. That's just too laborious. So what they do, it's just one continual master tape and every seven days or every ten days, it's just going to tape over itself. Uh, so you've got to get there quick. We've never had a entity deny it, unless you're going against them. Now, if you have a slip ball in a grocery store and you ask that grocery store for surveillance of that slip ball, they're not going to give it to you. Oh yeah. But if you're telling me it's like a third party accident, if you're going to a K store or a a, a general store or something like that, that so happened to be in the corner where an accident happened and you're trying to see, did they get some accidental surveillance of that, which it happens. We've always had uh, good luck with that. Just asking them, and they're more than happy to share that with you. I've had cases that were just broken wide open based on that surveillance. Whoever texts that is thinking absolutely correct, because sometimes some of these intersectional things that he said, she said, if you say you had the green light and the defendant defendant that you know had the red light is saying they had the green light, how's the officer to know? He gets there, there's no eyewitnesses. So without some independent way of, uh, now, some of the younger people, not many of us old folks, but some of the younger people actually have dash cams now. Those are helpful, but again, we do get this incidental surveillance and, and I, we've had it. I, I can think of quite a few cases where it's been a difference maker. So I, whoever that is, is thinking absolutely correct. So if you get a lawyer, then any competent lawyers should jump right on it. But if you don't have a lawyer, go out there yourself and don't be shy and go up to whoever and ask for the manager. And uh, I'd be surprised if they just didn't share
1: it with you. Yeah, and go to GrossandSchuster.com. Definitely. Thank you for your for your question this morning.
0: Good, Good question. And like you said, keep on if people want to call or just text at their little some people are a little gunshot getting on the, the radio. So, uh, you know, you can call us at, at the uh, 850-437-1620 and, uh, if you have any questions uh, what we're talking about. So I, I'm going back to these three variables. So cases that look like they may really have merit, sometimes uh, it doesn't. I mean, just yesterday I interviewed a couple, and it's a really sad case. They tragically lost their son, in a car wreck. He passed away at the scene in a car wreck. And, um, as we discussed the case, it became readily apparent to me that there just wasn't going to be much coverage. And I pretty much told him, I said, if there's not much coverage, that's all you can get. Lawyers don't sue people. If somebody's only got a $10,000 limit, there's not a lawyer that's going to sue that person the hope of getting more money from that person. And, um, and so forth. So we're limited by coverage. And, and that first appointment did become apparent that the at-fault driver, or at least there was two at-fault drivers in this accident, one had a, uh, a, you know, a, a 10 and one maybe at 25, and they didn't appear to be in the uninsured motorists or any other issues. And I said, if that's all the coverage, you could probably get that yourself. If you get a lawyer, then you're paying the lawyer one-third. You're really hurting yourselves by getting a personal injury lawyer. You're losing money. So I, I, if I'm a lawyer, I'm going to be able to help people. I'm going to help magnify and enhance their net proceeds with that they deserve it, you know, because they didn't cause the wreck. But if, if, if the sheet's too short for the bed, the sheet's just too short for the bed. And
1: <laughs> right. You can't
0: get blood from a Yeah, uh, and, and that does become a problem.
1: All right, yeah, definitely get your questions well, in before it's too late. 437-1620. seven sixteen twenty. You're listening to Pensacola Expert Panel here on News Radio ninety two three. Informative, local, dependable. All right,
0: and I'm just going to talk, and you're going to give me my one minute warning. You know, you get a two minute warning in football. You'll give me a one minute warning. <laughs> and, and <laughs> okay, I will. I'll, I'll, I'll work on that basis. But uh, yeah, but we, we do love callers. We do love questions, and uh, so that, that these these are the three spinning plates that I'm talking about. And and so some people, you know, they talk to the relatives and, and whatever, and they, they have to, sometimes they come in with them plated ideas. Well, my cousin, he was a car wreck. He got $100,000. Well, first of all, I don't know it, cousin. I don't know anything about that case. Even these, I hate these lawyers on the billboards. I can't stand these billboards yet. Somebody's smiling. I got 300000 Well, if we can interview that person that is smiling, on the billboard who got 300000 they had some type of surgery. There's no way they go to a chiropractor and some insurance company gave them $300,000. They had surgery, and, and, and maybe they're smiling now, but they weren't smiling at the time of, uh, of the surgery and, and all that. And so they could have had a cervical fusion. We don't know what it was. But, but, you know, that, that, that's – I just – I hate all those billboards, and I hate advertising settlement of, uh, amounts um, because it, it can be very misleading and, and deceiving. So, you know, I, I, I had a recent case, just to give an example, that we had a, a, a family uh, from Louisiana, uh, the typical family from Louisiana coming to, to Pensacola Beach just for, um, you know, a vacation. Nothing out of the ordinary, but they got rear-ended pretty badly. In the car was mom and dad in the front seat and the, the back seat with the two teenage kids. So I ended up representing all of them. And, of course, to no surprise, the teenage kids bounced back pretty quickly. They saw a chiropractor a little bit, and the son was like some kind of traveling soccer player, went back to soccer, and I settled his case for peanuts. I settled his sister's uh, case for peanuts because she got better. She went to eating. Mom continued to see mostly a chiropractor with for more than theirs, but, you know, whatever. And meanwhile, Dad was, was having fits, and he ended up getting, you know, injections, and MRI showed her me discs. a disc. And they ended up settling for a, a much bigger amount because of all the problems he was having. So it just goes to show you they were all in the same wreck. They all chose the same lawyer, me, and I got four different settlements. Because we had four different people, different injuries, different medical bills, uh, and, and, and obviously different results. So this whole thing about going up to a lawyer—you know, people pull me aside at a, a cocktail party. I even have young lawyers. A young lawyer will come up to me at a, at a, at a cocktail party and go, oh, "I'm representing this person. Uh, they got rear-ended. They saw a chiropractor right for six months. What's that case worth?" And I look at them like that's a Mars. I'm going. How am I supposed to know? I, says, I thought you were the guru. You've been a lawyer. I am the guru, but I I can't just pull a number out of a hat like that. I know nothing about your person. Did they have prior injuries? Mm-hmm. How much out-of-pocket medical bills do they have? Do they have any lost wages? Are they could, are they continuing the treatment? Did they get any injections? What were the results of the MRI? Did the MRI? Uh, Results show anything acute, which means new, as opposed to maybe a pre-existing condition. All these go into the factors uh, and so forth. Has this person made multiple claims before? If this is your third car accident, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out that if you're representing somebody for the third time, it's got to be a tougher type of case because... All those other reports and, and whatever you got in those other two cases now work against you. Um, and in Florida, you got to prove your injuries are permanent. That's another thing. So I always ask myself, can I prove a permanent injury? The better I can prove a permanent injury, the more money I want. So if someone's had a cervical fusion, how in the world is that not permanent? Plates and screws. That's pretty easy, right? But if you've, if you've had a whiplash and you've been treating mostly the chiropractor, and your injuries are invisible and your MRI doesn't show much, there's a dogfight. And and what the what the insurance companies will insist upon if you go to trial, they will. Uh, ask, they want a, a question on the verdict form, and the question the jury will be asked in Florida is, did a permanent injury within a reasonable degree of medical probability? If the answer is yes, the judge will say, stop right there. Do not give this injured party anything for pain and suffering. Give them nothing for uh, mental anguish and give them nothing for loss of capacity to enjoy life. So even though they testified they can't play golf anymore and they had to drop out of the bowling league and they can't hold their grandchildren, give them nothing for that. Because they have improved permanency. We do have
1: a. Sorry. Go ahead. Uh, We do have another text that just came in. I want to get to it before we run out of time. Um, A listener wants to know my stepson moved into my house. I put him on my insurance, and he is now driving my car that's registered to me. He recently got a speeding ticket, which made me wonder could I personally be at any liability if he is in a car accident?
0: 100%. you would be at fault first under Florida law. Florida law has got the dangerous instrumentality doctrine that says the owner of a car is liable first. So even my own children, as soon as I could, any vehicle they drove, I got titled in their name. So if the vehicle was titled in their name, you're not going to be liable. Even if they're under policy, you are not liable. Now, your policy would come into play, of course, but you're not liable. You're not going to be sued. So... So I I didn't give the brand new Mercedes to my kids, but the used family vehicle went to one of the kids, titled in their name, so if they're titled in their name, then they're liable, you're not, but it still will go under your insurance, of course.
1: Okay, all right, great. Thank you for your text. If you have one, get it in before. We only have a couple minutes left here, Uh, 437-1620. I'll let you go ahead and finish on out.
0: Yeah, uh, good questions. By the way, both those questions were spot on. I mean, both of them were very appropriate and uh, well timed, and I appreciate that. Um, and so, there's probably no question you can ask in an injury case I can't immediately answer. Um, I mean, I've been living and breathing this stuff. In fact, I've had some people ask me. Uh, they ask me, "How do you prepare for these radio shows?" And I "I don't. I've been preparing for 44 years."
1: So <laughs> right. I don't,
0: player. I just pick a thought and go with it, and and there's no trick question you could ever ask that I'm just not going to know the answer to on an injury case. Now, if you start asking me real estate questions or bankruptcy questions, then, then you could stump me pretty easily that I'm a personal injury So this is Terrence Gross, and once again, we do have the five offices throughout the Panhandle in Pensacola, Milton, Crestview, Fort Walton, Navarro, where we can see you face-to-face. I practice with my son, Rhett Gross, Tyler Gross, and Dalton Allen, my son-in-law, and we all do injury cases, and um, we, we do pre-consultations like everybody else, and we look at it, and we feel like you don't have a case, we'll tell you, um, and, and so forth, because we don't want to waste our time, nor do we want to waste yours.
1: Right. Uh, go to Gro- grossinschuster.com. Uh, or you can just uh, give them a call, 434-3333. All right. Thank you so much. I always learn so much listening to you. And, li- and like you said, yeah, we, we never have any notes. You never come in with, uh, you know, a set of questions or anything. You just you just talk. I, I turn the fader down on my mic, and you go. It's great to hear you.
0: Well, it's great and awesome. Talk to you in a couple weeks.
1: All righty. Thank you so much, sir. And uh, like we said, if you have any questions, let us know and I'll pass those on, or you can just go to grossandschuster.com. My guest this morning has been Terrence A. Gross, personal injury attorney here in town. His three sons are his business partners. He's got offices all over the place. Give them a call today, 850-434-3333. And uh, thank you for listening to the Pensacola Expert Panel today. Always informative and uh, great to have you on Terrence. Thank you so much. Local talk in the morning, 5 to 9, with Andrew McKay is on News Radio 92-3. WNRP Golf Freeze, Milton, Pensacola.